Alright, praise the Lord tonight, hallelujah. Welcome to Bible study. It's important uh, for us to know that Jesus is the, is the head of the church. And Jesus is actually building his church. Jesus is not renovating his church, he's building it. And he's building it by his word and by the inspiration of his spirit in our lives. Um, the highest investment of God on earth today is the church, is the bride of Christ. The choicest possession of God today is the church. If God is to choose between the earth and his bride, the bride is more important than everything here. You know, in Mark's Gospel, the 8th chapter, the 36th verse, Jesus was speaking there and he said, What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? For what can he make in exchange for his soul? In other words, the soul and the spirit of man is more important than the whole world. The spirit of man, now the soul of man and man's spirit are high, high spiritual dimensions. Man has a spirit and man has a soul. And both of these faculties mix up its spiritual dimension. But the body is what it uses to relate to the earth. So the man's soul is created after and patterned after God. So there's an importance that God places on the soul of man. In fact, the value of the soul of one human being, one is much more greater than the value of the whole world put together. That's what Jesus Christ said, what can he exchange for his soul? Jesus compared it to the whole world. If you can gain the whole world and loses the soul, say, what can he make in exchange? So, the soul of a man is very important. And Jesus said, look to everything. He says, he said beware of covetousness. For a man's life does not consist on the abundance of what he has. You see, Jesus was equating man with all the values of the earth because it has been like that from time. People, people pursue things. They, they, they struggle after earthly things. But Jesus always made it clear in his teachings that the value of the man is more than every other thing else. And that's the reason the devil is subtle and one of the things he uses against us is earthly things. Remember he came, he came, he came to, to Eve and said, Eve, look at this fruit. It is pleasant to the eyes. It is good for food. 
is able to make you wise and be like God. He appealed to the senses. He came to Jesus, turned this stone to bread, jumped down, and, and, and you see the power of God. Worship, and He will give you all the wealth of this world. The same pattern. And so we must understand the value that God has placed on us as a body of Christ. And not let the devil lure us out with things that are primordial. And that's why we are studying the Bible. We are doing a, a, a study of what the Bible is all about. Why the Bible? What is the Bible to the church? What is the Bible to you? Why did God give the church the scripture? What is the importance of the scripture to the existence, the survival of the church? How has God designed the church to understand Him and follow Him? What mechanism has God put in place for the church not to be deceived? What landmarks has God put in place for the church to know when to, to, to be able to identify error and truth? It's because God, God has not just left us to ourselves to determine what is right and wrong. God is the standard and has given us the precept in His Word so, so that we can know when we are, in, when we are in, in error or when we are going into error or when we are right. It is, it is the Bible that establishes these facts and this truth for the church. And if the Bible is the fact that establishes the truth for the church, then every member of the church must understand what the Bible is. Now, our last teaching, we took our text from Ephesians 4, read Psalm 138, verse 2. And I wanted us to read Psalm 19 from verse 7, but we didn't read it, so note that it's on Psalm 19, verse 7. Uh, but today, let me start from Psalm 19, verse 7 to, uh, to 11, thereabout. Uh, but today, I want to start from uh, Psalm 119, verse 89. It says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. You see, God's word is set, I mean, God's word is the same on earth and heaven. Thy word is settled in heaven. Forever. So there's no, there's no age and time that the Bible is different. The Bible cannot mean something, something different from what it meant when Jesus put it. For every word spoken of God remaineth forever. It says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words, my words shall never pass away. So the Bible can never pass away, even until eternity. So the, you must come to terms 
with the Bible, your, 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 your perception about the Bible, about the scripture, about the word of God should change. And it is a perception or the, perce- uh, the, the perspective you have of the Bible that determines how far you go with Christ, that determines how, how your faith is built. Your faith cannot be built outside your perspective of what the Bible believes. You can miss what believers believe the Bible is. You can miss over history what people have taken the Bible for. And their belief of the Bible um, determines their perspective to who Christ is and what God has said to us in the world. So, so, for, so for us to move in the same direction as a church, as a local assembly, as a child of God, as a body of Christ, we must believe the Bible the same way God intends us to believe it. And thanks to God that in Scripture many things are clear. God don't leave us in the dark. He says, for we are children of the light and not of the dark. And so today I will make a quick progress as to, as to where we should pick up from. But before I pick up from where we stopped um, in the last class, you know, last, in the last class we are talking about the four great ships to cultivate with scriptures. Um, but before I go on there tonight, I want to just make a quick thought to us. Um, I want to let you know that it is not it is not out of place for you to seek guidance in understanding the Bible. In fact, you must seek guidance. You must you must you must you must, we we all must be taught the Bible. You see, everyone is a student of the Bible at one level or the other. Nobody is a custodian of the of the some knowledge of the world. At, at every level of our Christian work, we are students. We are learning. We are reading. We are studying to advance more. So we must we must be ready to study the Bible. We must as 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 a bride of Christ, we must be given to study not not just. Not just speaking, not just you know, you know, I've heard that way. Not not just scratching the surface, but digging deep. I'm funny enough, there are people that call Bible study digging deep, but actually they aren't digging anything. But what they're digging is not the Bible. You know, in after eight verse thirty-one, the story of of Philip and um, and and the Ethiopian eunuch. Because of time today, I won't go into details, but I must just, just give an allusion. You notice that Batman was reading the scriptures and was reading Isaiah the prophet. And he was reading what the Bible says, and he was led to the slaughter, was attacked the tree, and, and, and he did open his mouth, and, and then he was confused because he didn't really know, and he needed somebody to help him. And then, thank God, the Holy Spirit has told Philip to go to a place on the way to Gaza. And he went there, and he saw the Ethiopian dog, and he says, join yourself to him. And he went by, and he heard him reading the scripture, and he didn't understand. And then he asked him, do you understand what you're... He said, how will I understand? Until someone... He said, except someone puts me 
through or someone guides me. Tell me tonight to Acts chapter 8. Let's start from there tonight. Acts 8. So, every believer needs to be guided to the word of God. Acts chapter 8. Verse 31. Okay. And, 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 and Philip asked him, 30, and Philip asked him, uh, he had him reading the Isaiah the prophet and said unto him, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, that one, How can I, except some, some man should guide me and desire belief that he should come up and sit with him? Now, we need to be guided. But you see, to be guided, you must, you must first believe that there is something of a revelation of God in what? In the Bible. So, first and foremost, our belief of what the Bible is determines, determines how we, we follow Christ. Determines how we, 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 how our faith is established. Because outside the Bible, there is no Christianity, there is no faith, no, no knowledge of God whatsoever. So, it needs to be guided. You know, I remember a story I've said in church some time ago. There's this fellow, when I was in school, he's a messenger in the department. And one day our lecturer sent him to come and tell us that he won't come to class. So we should prepare for the next class. And then he came with a chalk and looked on the board, insurance and computation. We were all shocked. But because of his boldness and his effrontery, when he entered, he, he just walked like a lecturer. He had planned it. So because of his boldness and his effrontery, we, we, we were all days. And so we got to listen to him. For like 10 minutes, he was, he was saying nonsense, but we were trying to help him make sense of it because of his boldness. Because he said that the lecturer strengthened him. And based on that word, we believed but he was actually lying. It means sometimes some people can come with boldness and proclaim the word, but actually it's not true. That someone is sharing something from scripture or saying something from, from scripture does not always make it true. That someone says God sent him or he has a word from God does not make God the sender. So how do you know what God is saying to you as a believer? You can only know by the word of God. Now notice, Paul used some words in the Bible. And I don't know wrong with this tonight. He used the word sound doctrine. That means if there's a sound doctrine, that means there's an unsound doctrine. What is sound? It means sound teaching. That means sound teaching is teaching based on the Bible. Hallelujah tonight. There are many people out in the world today that don't teach Bible from, from the context. They just take one line and begin to talk and then they create the, uh, a, a followership. Um, they create their own thought. From God's word. It means you yourself must be able to understand and know yourself from scriptures. Second Timothy 1 13. Please write it down tonight. First Timothy 4 6. Luke 1 4. 
First Timothy six three, Titus one nine, and Second Timothy chapter four verse one to three. All of these scriptures I just highlighted talks about sound doctrine. The Bible calls scripture the truth. Paul called the Bible that good thing. The Bible is a good thing that you should look into. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 14. He calls the Bible that good thing. So the Bible is a good thing. In fact, Paul called it also faithful words. I just the one verse 9. The Bible is referred to as faithful words. Please write these things down. The Bible is referred to as the, that good thing in 2 Timothy 1 verse 14. And it's also referred to as the faithful, I mean, the, the, the faithful words. Titus 1 verse 9. So the Bible is faithful, the Bible is a good thing, and the Bible is the sum total of the sound doctrines of God. Now let me say this to us tonight that sound doctrine is not is not is not is not sensationalism. Today there's so much sensationalism in the church. When many use high polluting words, when many use high sounding words, the words are high sounding, the words are sensational, does not make it sound, does not make it scriptural. We must come to a point where we understand for ourselves the mind of God and the Bible. Men in our day, in fact, today I was listening to somebody who was preaching, he said some men carry mantle, some men carry anointing, some men assistants. These are highfalutin words that don't go beyond the surface. But for you to get deep into God, you must understand the Bible for yourself. And understand what the Bible is. Because when you know what the Bible is, then it attracts you, it draws you, it commands you to begin to study it properly. The Bible is not, it's not, it's not, it's not emotionalism. Sound doctrine is not emotion. It doesn't tickle the emotion. It brings revelation of God. And, and when, that, when that revelation of God comes to you, it commands you to begin to do and become like God. You see, whenever a preacher always focuses attention on how to make things on the earth, then check it. When it focuses too much on earthly things, it can't make you be like God. But if you focus on God, God helps you to get earthly things. Let me say it again. When a message is so sensational and emotional and materialistic, it cannot make you be like God. And the ultimate aim of God is to translate us by His Word to become more like Him. So when the word you are hearing is focused on materialism and other things, it can't make you be like God. But when you hear messages that want to make you be like God, God adds those things to you. Seek first God's kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added. Goodness and mercy shall follow us all. These things follow. 
So we must understand that sound doctrine is not, it's not, it's not, it's not sensational, it's not, it's not emotional, and it's not materialistic. Now let me say this to us tonight. Sometimes we have, we have, you know, when we hear these things, we think, whoa, these sound doctrines. No, those are not sound doctrines. The foundation of sound doctrine is, is relying on the total provision, the total counsel of God, as, 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 as revealed to us in the 66 books of the Bible. Therefore, you must be acquainted. Remember? Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not in meat and in drink. God's kingdom is not in meat. It's not in drink. It's not in things. But it's in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Sound doctrine, what makes it sound is not how cool it makes you feel. No, you need not feel cool about the word for it to be the word. In fact, sometimes the word of God comes to ruffle you, to reset you, to reprogram your life. Unto what? Unto righteousness, unto right living. That's what God's word comes to do all the time. It comes to you. But if all you hear is only on the on the platonic of life, then begin to question the soundness of the word. Paul said, I have not shown the way from declaring to you the total counsel of God. Therefore, I am free from the blood of all men. That doesn't sound like something materialistic. No, it, 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 no, no, it doesn't. Sound doctrine is not, it's not, it's not on the plane of, 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 of material issues. Now, don't get me wrong. God wants us to get material things. But he doesn't want us to... To, to misplace the mandate of the kingdom. Quickly tonight, talk with me if you can. I know you should. Philippians 3. Philippians 3. I want to read a few verses there. And then I will read Luke 12, verse 15. Jesus warned us specifically by the word. So the attitude that you hold with the Bible or of the Bible determines the trajectory of your faith. That's why we need to study what the Bible believes so we know what we believe. So what do you believe of the Bible determines your perspective to salvation. Your perspective to, to knowing God. For you can't know God and be saved outside your understanding. So your your so, so the Bible is the basic foundation. Your belief of what the Bible is tells me and tells anyone your stance as a believer. So it says Philippians three. Let me read it from from verse from verse from verse uh, sixteen. If you come with me, Philippians sixteen. And Paul said here, nevertheless, where to we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, the same rule. Let us mind the same thing, the same thing. Praise God. Seventeen brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so, as ye have us for an example. But eighteen, for many walk of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God 
is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. You see, sound doctrine is not materialism. So if what you are hearing always is telling to us material possession, then watch it. Listen to the folks. If you hear so much on each of material things, you will lose God. But when you share much about God, you will both get God and get, get all things. So sound doctrine is basically based on God. And God may find that in the Bible. And that's you, and, and your, 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 your attitude for the Bible determines that greatly. For instance, Luke 12, 15. Christ was speaking, Jesus was speaking here, and was setting for us a template of how our hearts should be by the spirit he had with a rich young ruler. God loves rich people. God loves rich men, in fact. God set principles on earth that if you work hard, you'll be one you rich. So God doesn't hate richness or, or sort of riches or wealth. In fact, in Luke 8, from verse 1 to 5, Bible says there were women who gave Jesus of their substance for his ministry. So God loves the rich folks. Amen. But see, riches is not a determining factor of how good God is. Hallelujah. Men, men must come to God to get one thing and one thing alone. It's called eternal life. Glory to God tonight. So, I want you to know tonight that, that we must come to a point where we begin to appreciate what sound doctrine truly is. But for you to learn sound doctrine, you must, you must have the right perspective to what the Bible is. Luke 12, 15, and Jesus spoke that, 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 that rich young man, he said, and told the folks, he says, beware of covetousness. Sometimes in the church, the, the, the preaching of, of, of materialism and of, 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 of guy giving and all sorts is because men are just covetous. Simple. Beware of covetousness. Beware of covetous ministries. Beware of covetous ministers. Beware of covetous preaching. Because a man's life does not consist on the abundance of what we have. It is not the glory of God that, 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 that makes him back. Wealth does not determine God's glory. God loves wealth. But wealth is never the determinant of God's glory. But you know this, where your heart is set on soundness in God. Now I'm saying this because there are many folks today in our world that, that, that spin the world with the wrong kind of doctrine because of their wrong perception of the Bible. And so today I want to, by, by, by the help of God, begin to lay our heart and settle us so we can be grounded in the truth, grounded in, the, in that good thing of God, grounded in the mercy of God, grounded in the total counsel of God, which can only be found in the Bible. Let me hold on here tonight. I said the last, last. The Bible is a foundation of the faith. The Bible is what the church has been handed, uh, uh, um, 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 uh, has been given to navigate, to know the plan of God, to know the purpose of God to know 
the will of God, to know the, the nature of God, to know the attributes of God, to know the purpose of God, to know the timelines of God, to know the thinking of God, to know how we should behave, to know how to comport ourselves, to know how to measure our standing in the faith. The Bible is what God has given us as our, as our constitution and our compass. Without knowing and accepting that, then your faith will be built on a faulty, on, 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 on a faulty foundation. Now, how do you come to terms with what the Bible is? It depends on what you believe. So, my question is, what do you believe of the Bible? Some folks believe several things of the Bible, but what do you believe about it? What is God's word to you? What 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 is the, the Bible? Is it is it is it is it God's revelation or man's revelation? What you believe about the Bible determines how to be saved you are. Now Because of the Bible, there is no more speculating. If you believe that there are other books, there are other, um, what happened over is now? The other materials that are the same level with the Bible. Now for instance, the Mormons believe that there are other books that are, that are equal standing with the Bible. The New Age and the, and the, and the, and the, and the, and the Christian science believe that there are other books you can read um, um, to complement the Bible. The Gnostics believe that there are materials we can read to complement the Bible. No. You see, for us as a church, our, 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 our total faith should be on the written word of God. No man can live and exist outside God's word. And there are several things that Jesus said about the word that the Bible we hold today in our hands is a sum total of God's word. So in our last class, we looked at four great relations to cultivate with scriptures. And today, I, I, I mentioned two. The first one is that we must admit it. You must admit openly, praise God. You must, you must openly admit that I believe in the Bible. I believe in the 66 books of the Bible, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament. Some of them are Gospels written by people that God inspired while Christ was, was with them and died. Some were, were letters and epistles, and some are revelations, some are poetry, and, and some are, are, are whatever genre of the Bible is, we believe it. So we must admit it primarily and hold it in high esteem. How do you value the Bible? You must admit that the Bible, first and foremost, is God's word. 
So you must, you must, you must, you must submit to it. You not only admit it first, and it must be a, a, a whole-hearted submission. So if you have any other material outside the Bible, it's time to burn it up. Amen. If you have any material outside, now, 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 burn it up. I, I was given the, the, the book of Mammon, I have a copy of it, but I, I, but I didn't read it, alright, sometimes I think I, I have it to, to just cope with and, and see what is there. But I wouldn't advise some of you to go through it at all, because it's of no use. See, I can go through it, because, 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 because I, 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 I have been grounded in the Bible. I, I'm across the bridge. I've born the bridge. There's nowhere to go back to. God's word is my life. God is my salvation. There's, 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 there's nothing else that my, my faith and my hope is put on. I've, I've come to the point where I've admitted that the Bible is the written word of God, inspired word of God, and you find the word of God. And so, by consequence, I submit myself to it. So, whatever I'm doing that, that, that I'm not clear about, once the Bible says something about it, what do I do? I submit. I come under the authority of the Bible. God wants to let me clear as I progress. I commit myself to it. To keep in it. You see, there's one, it's one thing to submit to the word, it's another thing to commit to keeping it. So, we commit to keeping the word. If you admit that the Bible is God's word, which we, which we should, which we should, you must, you, must, you must submit to it, and then you must commit to keeping it. Hallelujah. Keep the word of God in your heart. Let it be the anchor for your soul and preserve your innermost being and keep you and strengthen you in the time of persecution, trials, and temptation. It's the word you keep in your heart that guides you. The word you admit brings faith. The one you submit to brings guidance. The one you commit to doing strengthens you from the inside. And thirdly, you must be ready to what? To transmit it the way it is. The fourth one like is transmission. Transmitting the word of God the way it is. Hallelujah. We cannot say that you are a Christian until you admit the word of God is true. We cannot say you are a believer until you agree to the total inspiration of the Bible. So the fourth one is the transmission of it. Now it means it means it means it means you you are not a fool. But you are you are a stream, praise God. A pool or a lake. What it does is it just keeps receiving. It keeps believing. It admits, it it, it submits, it, it commits. But see, it also what transmits. So we're willing to transmit and communicate the word of God. Please note that this is tonight. We communicate gospel with others. 
Philemon 6 says that the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing in you in Christ. Your faith needs to be communicated. Paul spoke the church in Rome. He said, I find God that your faith is well spoken about throughout the world. Hallelujah. When you admit God's word, when you submit to God's word, when you commit to doing God's word, you will also be ready to transmit God's word in truth. Amen tonight. The Christian must believe the following about the Bible. It's a must. Because what you believe about the Bible tells us your place. What you believe about the Bible tells us how you how you understand Christ. If your understanding of salvation, redemption, and Christ is not based on only the Bible's revelation, then you are believing in a false Christ. You are believing in an, an, an adulterated Christ. And you are believing in a, in a Christ of Jesus that is well down. Your belief of the Bible determines and tells us the kind of church you belong to. Praise God. And so, the Christian, anyone who is a bride of Christ, must believe. And you see, this thing I'm saying tonight will begin to make you to wonder what exactly is this Bible? How come you so many of this? Is this important? Now, the Bible actually is very important that you need to know. In fact, it's the oxygen of the church, it's the light of the church, it's the compass of the church, and by extension, it's the oxygen for your life. Is a compass for your life and the foundation for your life. And if the Bible is all this to you, then you must you must hold on to it tenaciously and value and cherish it with all the fiber in your being, with all the strength. Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all thy strength, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all things you have. You see, I want us to have the attitude of Job to God's word. The attitude of Paul to God's word. The attitude of Jesus to the word. The attitude of, 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 of Christians should be like that. We must, we, your, your belief must be established in this. So, stop weighing your, your belief on the Bible, on the things I'm going to share with you right now. You know, Job said, I have not refrained from beholding your word, for I have exalted your word above my daily food because of his belief. 
Now, every professing Christian must believe first that the Bible is authoritative. We must believe in the authority of Scripture, that the Bible is an authority of God. The authoritativeness of Scripture. Scripture is of, of some right? authority. So by the authority. So the first belief you must have of every believer, every believer must believe on the authoritativeness of scriptures or the Bible. And if it's the word scripture appears in the New Testament, the word Bible actually is not in, in, in the Bible like that, but it's the word Bible which means write up. And what do I mean by that? It means you must believe that the Bible is the final arbiter. Is the first, the middle, and the last place for authority. When the Bible adjudicates on a matter, that is the end of it. There's no higher place to go again. It's the end of it. If there's something that is not clear in interpretation, if you can't find the answer in the Bible or in Adam, if you cannot submit to the answer of the Bible, you know the folks that says the Holy Ghost said to me that I am above the scripture. There are many folks that if you hear them say, My pastor said, they cannot tell me what the Bible said. The Bible is of is 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 authoritative. That means whatever it says is God's word. Let me show you tonight what Jesus said about the Bible. I want to the Bible. I don't mean the gospels alone. In fact, I don't mean the issues alone. In fact, I don't mean even revelation alone. But I mean all the word. Because when Jesus said in Matthew 4 verse 4 that man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God, he was quoting Deuteronomy. And referring to every other scripture in the Bible. That means Jesus himself submitted himself to the authority of the scripture. In fact, he referred to that he has not come to destroy the law and the prophets and the psalms. He said in Luke 24, he said, For I have come to fulfill what the prophets and, 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 and the, 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 the law, the prophets and the psalms. So Jesus has found the written word of God by himself. Therefore, no one can underwrite or put down the scripture. Matthew 5 17. Let's go to tonight. Matthew 5 17. First and foremost, you must believe in the authority of Scripture. There is no place for argument. It's something like that. He says, You are God from beginning to the end. There is no place for argument. There is no place for argument in the authority of scripture. As a believer, you must believe that. You must 
accept that and, 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 and pledge your allegiance and loyalty to it. Because that's all the risk that our faith is founded upon. That's why you're not called to follow a prophet. You're not called to follow even a pastor. You're not called to follow one, one, one man but because of, of his charisma or his gift. So we are called to follow the scripture primarily, praise God. And if you're following any man, that man will follow in the authority of God's word. If God was said, no pastor must marry two wives. If your bishop has two wives, it's a fraud. So I hear tonight. If your bishop has two wives, if your bishop has had chicks, he's a fraud because he's going against the authority of scripture. Amen tonight. Jesus said, and what is called shall a man leave his father and shall give to his wife one. There is no polygamy in what Jesus said. The Bible is progressive. Paul said in 1st Corinthians chapter 3, he said, He that desires to follow a bishop, there is no faith. But it must be a man of how many wives? One. There is no other one. There is no other authority. There is no other revelation that any man can bring to bear apart from those already been given to us in the Bible. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, let's talk over tonight. Matthew 5, verse 17 and 18. He says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law of the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill them. So Jesus fulfilled. That means Jesus affirmed the Bible down to the end. Jesus didn't condemn the old heaven. He affirmed it. He said, But by that way, he means the, the, the old heaven is what is God's word. They are found scriptures. And it is this. It says, For I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass away, not one judge or teacher of shall in no wise from the law till all be fulfilled. That means everything in the Bible. And when he said this, there was no John, there was no Mark, there was no Luke, there was no Matthew, there was no Acts, there was no Romans, there was no Corinthians, there was no Corinthians, there was no Ephesians, no, no, no Galatians, no Ephesians, no Philippians, no Colossians, and all that, all. No Thessalonians. Oh, so this thing he says is that Jesus himself affirmed the scriptures. So if Jesus affirmed the scriptures, it means you must begin to hold the scriptures in high esteem as a child of God. Paul also did say, in enacting the authority of scripture, is a Bible your authority. Do you even know what the Bible says about you? Is the Bible your final arbiter? Is the Bible your final place of reference? Is the Bible your, your, your joy and your hope? Jesus said, the Bible is God's word and the final apology. Second Timothy 3. Verse 15. I'm going to read us two. Second Timothy 3. 
Vasutin amur ilon mau pasutunat anda amur close. You know the reason you find believers come to church with their phones is because they don't really, they don't really know what now. I'm not against phone Bibles, but the days are here when we must put away and start having our Bibles the way they are. Our Bibles are pride. Our Bibles are strength. It reminds us of who God is to us. The, the Bible reminds us of the sacrifice of Jesus to us. The Bibles are pride. Nothing, no, no new knowledge must take the Bible from our hands. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 15 to 17. Here what Paul said. It says, And from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is Christ Jesus. All scriptures are given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that a man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto every good works. Paul has found it that scriptures are God's work. They are, they are our side of poverty to teach, to convict, to instruct us in righteous things. So the Bible is of poverty. The Bible is God's work. The Bible declares it and that should settle it. Let me end here tonight. What is the Bible to you? What do you believe about the Bible? How important is scriptures to you? What is your view? And funny enough, you may not have a view of the Bible until you are taught. So tonight I'm teaching you by the Spirit of God that the Bible is authoritative. So when I ask you next time what the Bible says is the authoritative revelation of God. Whatever the Bible says is what God intends it to mean. And it's on the premise of the Bible that our faith is anchored. The Christian faith is anchored on the Word. The Christian and the believer's faith is anchored on what God has said. So if a man says, Thus said the Lord, check it in the Bible. If he says so, then believe it. For the days are here when men are subtle, when men are trying to speak their own words in place of God's word. Galatians 4, 17. I begin to close tonight. Galatians 4, 17. The Bible says, They zealously affect you, but not well. Yea, they will exclude you that they might affect them. Now what Paul is saying here is that these folks that are preaching as though with God's word, they are trying to exclude you from the truth of the word. 
that trying to take you away and, 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 and not make you believe in the authority of God's word that they may exclude you from it it is your responsibility to immerse yourself in the word not arguing blindly but arguing from the perspective of the Bible 2 Corinthians chapter 4 from verse 1 and 2 2 Corinthians 4 therefore seeing we have this ministry Paul said as we have received mercy we faint not but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty not working in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully if God's word is his authority then let nobody show it to you in a deceitful way you must find it yourself you must go in there yourself you must hold it in yourself we must not listen to people that use high polluting words Paul said in Ephesians, he says, he says, he says, he says, wait in craftiness, waiting to deceive, using, using, using high sounding words. Let no man deceive you in these times, folks. If the Bible says to us, with much persecution, we enter God's kingdom, no one should talk us out of that. Rather, let the Bible prepare us for that high persecution. If it says, seek it first God's kingdom and His righteousness, and all things will be added, and someone says, no, just I will show you a high way of prayer. There's a prayer that you can pray that will bring you His foolishness. It's not in tandem with God's word. It says, seek it first the kingdom, seek it first my will and my righteousness, and then I will add all these things to you. Until you understand that the Bible is God's authority, we can fall prey to what men say that God has said. So the Bible is God's authority. Now, what should I do as a Christian? I will learn to begin to pattern my life with the Word. I learn to begin to study the Word for myself, read it, study it. Meditate on it and put to practice. I admit it. I submit myself to it. I commit to doing it and then I transmit it. The first belief of the believer on the Bible is that the Bible is authoritative. And once it says a thing, even if Pope contradicts it, Pope is in error. Even if the archbishop or the prelate contradicts it, the prelate and the archbishop they are in error. That means our ultimate source of authority is God's word. And if it's God's word, then what attitude do you have towards it? Tonight I'm challenging you that the days are here when many antichrists have gone out of the world already, preaching another gospel, preaching the authority of men preaching things that are not in scriptures but how do you differentiate and find the truth 
find it on God's word. James said, James 1.22 so Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. If any man hears the word and does not do the word, he is like a man that beholds his face in a natural glass and he is in the way going forth Forgetting what he has seen and what he has made of himself. But he that beholds and looks continually in the perfect love liberty, he being not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, shall be blessed. There is no blessing outside of doing the work. There is no blessing for the Christian outside doing the word of God. Prayer without the word will not work. And the word without prayer will also not work. You must understand the whole counsel of God. And mature in the things of God. And how do you get this kind of place as a Christian? By chewing the word. Loving righteousness. Panting after God's word like a dare. And the heart. Say, as the day pants by the water brook, so my soul pants after you. Don't pant after programs, but pant after God's word. For when you mature and understand the word of God, you are able to rightly divide and check and examine if things being said are so. When dangerous times the devil is on rampage. He's doing things on earth today. But God wants to preserve and protect us. And he has given us his word to still help us. Today I challenge you in God. To be a person of the word. To be a man of the word. A woman of the word. Let God be your authority. Don't make excuse for fornication. If you say abstain, abstain. Don't justify sin. Don't look for men that will, that will help you justify it. No. Let, God, let, let the word be your father arbiter and commit to God to submit to it. And as you do, you make your way prosperous and you find good success as a Christian. Called out to God as a bride and a member of the body of Christ. I want to appreciate you tonight for listening. I believe we've been blessed today. We'll continue on this talk on Thursday by the grace of God. We'll take the other thoughts of the fundamental beliefs a believer should have of the Bible. And I believe that as we, as we go into this discourse, more things can become clearer to you. I trust God that you come to a deeper level of fellowship and maturity. And you have more clarity as to what to do in your life and how God is leading you in the things you are going through. May the Lord bless you tonight. Strengthen you in grace and mature us as we keep looking for appearing 
waiting for his coming, standing in righteousness, walking in sanctification of the spirit and of the mind. In Jesus' name. Father, thank you for your praise. Thank you for all my listeners. I pray, oh God, that you, you mold us in the pattern of your word. Lord, I trust that everyone that heard me today, Lord, at no point in time in their lives will be deceived. Lord, help us as a church to walk in the direction of your light, trusting the arbiter of your word, trusting the authority of your word, trusting the grace in your word. I pray, Lord, tonight that you will mature us as we behold constantly, as we behold daily your word, we are changed to the same image of the word by the Holy Spirit addressing us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you tonight for listening. We'll see them Thursday by the grace of God. Have a happy night rest. Amen.